and running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. So I sometimes think I should do more of these, and then I don't, and sometimes I think I should. I, I, I have no idea. Um, you can let me know what you think. Uh, it's Eric Erickson here uh, with TheResurgent.com, and, and this is a, a podcast. This is not part of the radio show. This is just for podcast listeners, and I'll tell you, I need to give you a caveat before we go into this program here tonight. Uh, or whenever you get it, I'm recording it at night, and, and that is don't take more from this, don't don't read more into this than what I am giving. Um, and one of the things that I enjoy doing uh, with listeners of my show is being very candid uh, and very real. I've been more and more mindful of this over the last number of years with the rise of people who pose for Instagram. For example, I there was a guy I actually unfollowed because of this guy I noticed and, and suddenly was was taking all sorts of um, celebrity-esque pictures, um, walking, hiking, coming off a private plane, what have you, just just rather, I mean, it, it, he, he wasn't at a lifestyle point to be able to have a private jet uh, and was taking these pictures and whatnot, and I just, it, it was whole ridiculous, and a friend of mine said that there's this craze on Instagram now where people travel around with a tripod and take pictures of themselves as if they have a photographer with them. The whole thing is absolutely ridiculous. Um, that level of promotion and that level of perfection, the whole idea that uh, everything is hunky-dory and fine when we know it's not your house is a wreck. My house is a wreck. Uh, we, at this point in my life, we have a lady who comes and helps, um, clean up our house and organize things on Fridays and our house is a wreck by Saturday because we've got an elementary school boy. Um, <laughs> I mean, the place can be wrecked. My office is a wreck right now. And yet you look on Instagram and everybody has, has perfect pictures. I got to do a better job of putting the recipe fails on. And so I, I have told myself, and I've done this several times before, that sometimes it's worth me having these frank, uh, real chats with you guys who are listening, and so that you know that you're not alone. The world's not perfect. Um, there are problems. Um, and so that that's what this is, um, a, a confessional, if you will, with my listeners. Uh, who, you're not going to get it on radio, but you'll get it on the podcast. Uh, my, my most ardent listeners. Uh, so here's my confession. I am right now just, I, I feel overwhelmed. Um, you know, we have Christy scans on Tuesday morning, uh, her next round. Every three months we go through this. Uh, my dad has been unwell, uh, very high blood pressure. Uh, he and my mom live about 10 hours away from me. Uh, and I am a, a bad son in that I don't check in as regularly as I should, um, because life gets so busy and uh, we've we've changed Gunner from his old school to a new school. And uh, without having a Fox contract right now, the financial strain is just overwhelming right now. They, I've had several offers come through and none of them have really been confirmed. Uh, frustration with radio because radio is awesome. Uh, I love my show and my time slot is amazing and yet I would love to have a full three hours and a show. And I keep thinking maybe I need to figure out a way to do a three-hour show 
uh, for syndication and then come back for my local show in the evening in Atlanta. Uh, and then there's the resurgent where we are on the right track. The traffic is growing. Uh, revenue is up. We are putting together this conference. It's going to be amazing in August. And yet I find myself on the verge of having to beg for money again from readers. Uh, if you want to, if you want to donate, uh, text the word donate to three, four, five, three, four, five. I'm not kidding. I'm, I'm, I, I feel awful, but I'm, I'm getting desperate. And all these things have been, I've literally been waking up in the middle of the night and my motto is more and more becoming why pray when you can worry. There's been a lot of worry and a lot of stress in my life right now, worrying about finances and my kids and my wife and my parents and career trajectory and, and everything else. Um, and, and yet I am so overwhelmingly blessed and sometimes have to fight through the funk and remember the things that I'm thankful for. And I bet you're the same way. Cause I, you know, I get like this on occasion um, and I, you know, I, I have friends who say, oh, you should go to therapy. They can give you, I don't want a pill. This is called life. And there are, there are highs and lows and they're in betweens. And right now I kind of feel like I'm in a low and, and waiting for the high, or at least the, the, the mid range, the, to feel like you're taking off again. Uh, and, and part of it has just been a whirlwind several weeks, um, of nonstop travel and not seeing my family and having all these other stresses on top. And, and I, I know that you guys have to be going through stuff like this on occasion too. I know you get it. And that's one reason why I just decided, you know, I'm going to turn on the microphone and I'm going to talk about these things that are going on right now because not everything is grand and glorious. I, I am worried about making ends meet for the resurgent right now. Uh, as we get to this conference, that's going to be so cool. And we've got sponsor money lined up for it. Uh, it's going to be massive. And yet, are we going to be able to keep the lights on until August is a frustration. Um, being from five to seven on the radio in Atlanta is is a real joy and blessing. Uh, it gets frustrating sometimes, though, because with my wife's, uh, the, the chemo she's on, she gets worn out in the afternoons and evenings, and uh, sometimes I, I, I get off work at 7 and have to run around for an hour trying to find stuff for us to eat because I haven't had time to cook beforehand. She's too tired to cook, and I'm really tired of eating out. Uh, so are the kids who are extremely picky eaters, but that's life. Everyone goes through phases of life, and this is our phase right now. And so I just, why do this? Why bear soul like this? Well, because look, I don't, again, don't want you to read any more into it than there is. It's just this. I encounter people all the time who, when I've talked about the things that have gone on in Christie's in my life, they've come up to me and said, thank you. Because they've had something going on in their life that was bad. In fact, I, I had a, had a guy, I was at a book signing uh, for my book several months ago. And the guy came up to me, I was at a Books a Million in Lawrenceville, Georgia, and he came up to me and he said, can I just speak to you when you're about to leave? He said, I, I'm, I'm not a stalker, I just, I need to tell you something, but I don't want to tell you in a crowd. And I'm like, okay. And he came up to me afterwards, <laughs> maybe I should have security, I don't know, but he was a nice guy. Uh, and he said, look, I just want you to know that I was in my car and I got a phone call from my wife. And I'm sitting in my car at a gas station trying to leave. And she's telling me that she has had a boyfriend and she wants a divorce and it's not her. It's me. And he said, my world ended. He said, I was just, I, I didn't know what I was going to do. Uh, and here's my wife telling me she's been cheating on me. 
And he said, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. And then he said, and I just happened to have the radio on when I started the car and you're telling me about your wife's situation with cancer and you had been in the hospital with blood clots. This was back in 2016. I didn't find out about it until uh, last year. And he said, and, and I, I, he said, I immediately realized that, you know, my life sucks, but your life sucks more than mine. It'll be okay. <laughs> and so, I mean, I really was inspired by that, um, that, you know, sometimes it's worth burying your soul warts and all because things aren't always all right. And sometimes you do get in a funk and I have been in one and I find the best way to get out of a funk sometimes is just to, to bear all, um, Honestly, sometimes I wish I'm, I'm, I'm better bearing all with my wife in these things and having these conversations, but I don't want to burden her. So I burden my listeners instead. She's got enough going on in her life. Um, so that's it. That's why I do this. Um, it is to tell you all that I know it's going to be okay. And if you're in one of these funks, uh, you will eventually. So save this podcast. You'll know it's going to be okay. I, I was teaching a Sunday school lesson on Psalm 6. Uh, which is a very heavy psalm. Uh, it is the first of the the penitential psalms, the the begging for forgiveness, the the soul weighing heavy. And it, let me just dwell here for one second with you and read this to you. Uh, psalm six: O Lord, rebuke me not in your anger, nor discipline me in your wrath. Be gracious to me, O Lord, for I am languishing. Heal me, O Lord, for my bones are troubled. My soul also is greatly troubled. But you, O Lord, how long? Turn, O Lord, deliver my life. Save me for the sake of your steadfast love. For in death there is no remembrance of you in Sheol who will give you praise. I am weary with my moaning. Every night I flood my bed with tears. I drench my couch with my weeping. My eye wastes away because of grief. It grows weak because of all my foes. Depart from me, all you workers of evil, for the Lord has heard the sound of my weeping. The Lord has heard my plea. The Lord accepts my prayer. All my enemies will be ashamed and greatly troubled. They shall turn back and be put to shame in a moment. Now, a couple of takeaways from this. First of all, you, you don't get it from the ESV translation or the English translations, but but he's, he's, he's saying Yahweh. He is using the personal name of God, Yahweh. Rebuke me not in your anger, nor discipline me in your wrath. Be gracious to me, Yahweh, for I am languishing. Turn, Yahweh, deliver my life. Depart from me, all your workers of e- you workers of evil, for Yahweh has heard the sound of my weeping. Yahweh has heard my plea. This is a very personal prayer. There's no perfunctory statements, grand highfalutin statements before the presence of the Lord. This is just Yahweh, help me. I am burdened. This is someone who has a spiritual trouble that has affected him physically. The spiritual trouble is weighing on him so much. It affects him physically. And he's crying out to Yahweh saying, Yahweh, deliver me, help me, please, Yahweh. It's a personal plea to the personal God. And what's so amazing about this is, is there aren't, there isn't a litany of petitions. Please God help me with my finances. Please God make sure my wife's okay. Please make sure my dad's okay. Please make sure my kids are okay. Please make sure my job's okay. Please help me here. Please, please bless us. Please. There's none of that. It's just, please God help me. Please God help me. Please God help me. My enemies surround me. I'm crying every night. I'm overwhelmed. Please God help me. 
with, without really any any specific petitions for help, just a cry for help. And then what happens? In the eighth verse, suddenly it's a, you know what? It's going to be okay. God's listening to me. My enemies are going to flee from me. God's got this. It is a, there is something in praying out like this for relief that that causes the relief that the prayer does you know i i'm a a reformed presbyterian and you ask a presbyterian you ask someone from reform background why pray and the answer is usually because god says so because god does say so but a, a great seminary professor of mine bruce lowe said that takes the 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 wonder and mystery out of prayer because God says to bring your prayers to him. It's a sin not to. He says to pray for relief, to petition him. It's a sin not to. He says to cast your worries on him. It's a sin not to. He He says that his mind can be changed by your prayers. You can persuade God. Now, we, we don't understand how this all works. God says pray. We're supposed to pray. God knows all. He knows the beginning. He knows the end. He knows everything in between. He already knows what you're going to pray, but he says pray anyway. We can change his mind. We don't know how it works, but we know we're supposed to, and we know it works wonders. And we see this in Psalm 6, that th this person is so spiritually burdened, he's physically ill, and he prays in just a few lines of his prayer, suddenly he realizes it's going to be okay. God's got this. And sometimes we need to realize it's going to be okay. God's got this. We can be burdened by our prayers or unburdened by our prayers, I should say. We can be burdened by our problems. We can be burdened by others, other people's problems. But God's got this. Sometimes you got to open. Sometimes you got to let other people know you're going through uh, a funk, as I feel like I have been. Um, but even talking about it can be cathartic. Even talking about it can, can make you be okay. And, and I find that me talking about it can help other people realize that, that it's going to be okay for them. And then you turn to prayer and you say, you know what, God, you've got this. I don't, you got the solutions. I don't, you don't need to be on your knees. You can be in your car driving. You, you don't need all the, the magical incantations to get to God. You just say, God, please help. And he listens. And more often than not, not always, but more often than not, by the time you're done praying, you realize God does have this. And sometimes you got to pray even more. God's a good God. It's been good talking to you guys. Have a good night.